how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're bottom. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Growing up on comedies like Monty Python, Trent O'Donnell has always been fascinated with, quote, dumb comedies. He got his start making shorts, then commercials, and eventually landed some work in television. As writer-director, he's known for shows like The Moody's and No Activity, and most recently the film Ride the Eagle. Trent O'Donnell met Jack Johnson while directing episodes of New Girl for Fox, and their latest collaboration, Jake Stars, is Leaf. The description of the film reads, Leaf is left with a conditional inheritance when his estranged mother Honey dies. Before he can move into her picturesque Yosemite cabin, he has to complete her elaborate and sometimes dubious to-do list. In this interview, Trent talks about making friendships rather than networking, how he got a movie made during the pandemic, writing with creative limitations, putting pressure on the word, how to edit improv based on story, the lack of comedy stars today, and how to keep minimal environments visually interesting. It was honestly just my like, it was the, the, the dumb thing you think of when you're a teenager and a kid and you like you suddenly like get into your interests are those things. And I liked, I really gravitated to comedy, comedy films um, and was like, you know, neither of my parents were in the industry at all, but my dad was particularly big into like stupid comedy films and like Monty Python and all of those sort of things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just started to, it just stuck with me as like, oh, I'd love to be out of like, you know, I started to think even as a kid, like about how things were, how they made things and that process sort of interests me. And then, um, and then, so I sort of, after school went to, went to college and then, did some filmmaking courses, but really mostly just made things myself and, and sort of learnt by making things, made some shorts that led to like doing commercials. Then I made a TV pilot in Australia that um, got remade in America and opened up those opportunities here. Tell me about, so I've seen some other interviews you did. Did you set some like ultimatums for yourself? Like how did you decide that like, okay, I'm, this is now officially a career, a profession as opposed to like in the moments when you're just kind of breaking in? 
It, yeah, it was, I mean, it was always the goal to make it a, a career. It's, it's so hard just to get that first thing, like the first narrative. And I, you know, I had a lot of ideas for, um, for TV shows that I tried to pitch. And when you don't have anything behind you and you don't have a body of work behind you, it's incredibly hard to get that first one is so, is, is so difficult. Um, and I ended up an idea that I had actually taken around and pitched to people was one that I thought I could make myself. And so I made, um, I made the pilot myself, but I feel like it was probably, and I was late twenties, I guess at the time when I made that. And I feel like maybe that was the, would have been not, I won't say the last roll of the dice, but I think if I, if I'd spent that money when I didn't have money to do stuff like that and it didn't work, I don't know if I'd still be, I don't know if I'd, if I'd be talking to you today. What did you see about that first project that still carries through either in terms of like your writing style or your directing style? Just that the thing that carries through for me from that project is that it's, it was something different. It was a different type of show. It was something that there wasn't, I wasn't trying to make like a cheaper, lesser version of something else. It was a kind of a pretty weird, pretty dark comedy. Um, and it was very much its own, it's its own, it was very much its own thing, which I think is still what attracts me to projects now. Tell me a little about how, um, once you kind of break into the business, like forming some of those relationships, like I would assume that you and Jake Johnson are friends from New Girl, but tell me a little bit about that. And yep. then generally how you kind of like nurture those friendships or whatever it is to where you kind of find projects for each other. Yeah, that's exactly right. Jake and I, we met on, on New Girl. Once you've, once you get that little, that that tiny like a toe in the door and you start to actually work on these things you'll find like you you find your like-minded people that you like working with and you know in this movie as well like Darcy Carden I just met Darcy on on Good Place and um, was just in there as a guest director we really got on well and I was like I want to do so I want to make something with her and so it's not so much it's not even so much like a networking thing they're all like it just becomes like a friendship thing where you just like you get on with people and you have similar interests and stuff like that. And that was certainly for, for Jake and I, like, you know, we spent a lot of days together at new girl, but um, we just realized we, you know, we had a similar sensibility, liked the same stuff, wanted to make the same stuff. Um, yeah. But it is, it's pretty great. Like that getting to work on those sort of shows where you get to drop in with these great, great casts and crew. Yeah. You meet some good people. That show in particular is very character heavy. Like it'd be hard to replace any of those four or five main characters and, and still work. They're just so like, you know, yeah. the charisma is together and everything like that. Um, but it seems like Jake is kind of, when he does movies, they're more like maybe improv based or more serious based. So what's the original idea for Ride the Eagle? How did you guys kind of come together to work on that? We came together to work on it initially through it was during the pandemic and we hadn't done, neither of us had done anything for a few months. And we have this relationship of always sending each other ideas and, and we'll just like, we'll send each other like half baked ideas all the time. But then, you know, he was doing a show that was like, went into hiatus. I was about to film something that was suddenly in hiatus and we was, we were at home and we just missed hanging out and making stuff. So we basically got together originally going, 
would it be crazy if we like made a movie together during this time? And, and then I was like, I know someone who's got a camera, I'll film it. And then we'll both do sound and you'll act in it. And then we'll, we sat down and like, what, what will that movie be? And then we quickly discovered that no, a film just with Jake by himself, like that I shoot will be terrible. Let's not do that. And we expanded and we sort of looked at the stories that interested us. And the real kernel of the idea came from sort of an amalgamation of both of our families really and our extended families and then sort of themes within that even though the honey leaf relationship is is fictional and sort of it's it's embellished on stuff within our own lives have you done that in the past like have you ever i mean this is a very specific incident where you've got these very real parameters you could probably only shoot with one or two people and all the testing and everything else. But have you written like that in the past? Like where let's put some limit on this creativity and see where we can go with it. I have. Yeah, I, I definitely have. Like I have done a show called no activity that we shoot like an accelerated production model. And I was kind of like, I want, I, I think you just like the, the more you work and you do things and you, you know, you realize like if you're making something that's like a long commitment, um, that won't work for everyone that you want to work with. And so doing like no activity, that production model was like, it was basically the, the, the idea there was that it was kind of the antithesis of every police show that I see on TV. Cause I've got, I've got an uncle who's a cop, never pulled his gun out his entire career, really didn't have an exciting workplace. Um, that was the kernel of the idea. And then we created this sort of like static a little bit of like a waiting for Godot type performance comedy piece. But because we were in these contained environments, the idea right off the bat was like, let's take some big swings with the people that we can, uh, we can get, which is how I met JK Simmons. And then we've got like Bob Odenkirk and um, Will Ferrell and all these like Amy Schumer, all these great people came and played with us because of, you know, we could accommodate them. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm still interested in those kind of like unusual production models for sure. What, what's different about um, some of those like more like conversa conversation heavy pieces? So like normally screenwriters are told to like get in late, leave early, get to the next scene, whatever. But yeah. you've really got to navigate. Um, I remember like there's a scene in the middle of The Graduate where it's like a 10 minute scene and it, it very much rises and falls within the scene just in a conversation. How do you think about changing the drama or the dynamics or, or the comedy or whatever it is with just a conversation like that? It it puts a lot of pressure on the word and you, you have to be, you have to have, I think you have to be strict with yourself and not just, you know, fall in love with everything and, and, and actually take a step back from it. Because when you're on set and you're with these great actors, like new girl is a classic example. If you had like Max and Jake and, and, and any of them, like a scene where there's, where they're just riffing and you're watching it on set, you go, this is infectious. All of this is good. But then you have to have that ability to step back and, and that, you know, that sensibility to go, well, what is the story here? Like there has to be something to, to, to hang this stuff on. I think of those kind of like wonderful improv moments and stuff like that. They have to sort of embellish what you're already, you're already trying to do. Um, but often it's a process of elimination by, by, spending a lot of time in the edit and watching and re-watching and watching and taking a break and then watching again until you can actually somewhat fairly assess it. You've stepped back from that, the fun of the set. How do you approach some of those, those scenes for no activity or for ride the Eagle where you've, 
you could get a little repetitive, right? If you're just showing this and that, you kind of got one guy for a lot of it or one or two people. Like, how do you think about changing that? So almost like a contained thriller, like how do you make it uh, interesting visually enough? How do you think about those things? Well, visually, visually, like with Ride the Eagle, we wanted the, at least for that story to be, you know, pandemic or no pandemic, our movie was about a guy that went away to this cabin and learnt about his mother who'd become estranged from him. So we were very much going to, it was going to be set in the one place. But within that, we were, we used every inch of it. Like we were, we, when he went for a hike, we hiked for two hours and we carried all the gear and we shot him there. So we, we did have a good mind of like, making it visually interesting and not repeating ourselves. And even just within like, if you're shooting in the same place, like night scenes and day scenes and just how different those environments up there look at, the, at those times. Um, so, and then in terms of the actual, the repetitiveness like that you can fall into with dialogue, I think we did have a, we had a good sense of like, you know, every, this is a bit of an abstract number, but every 10 pages or so, like, where is that story going? And I like to sort of like, as I'm reading the script, stop myself and think, what do I think is going to happen here? What is the assumption I would make? And try to invert those little things. So you're not, you're not seeing everything that's coming ahead. Are you able to do that without, because I know like sometimes I can get too into my own story how do you kind of how do you look at something with fresh eyes when it's your work is it something where you guys are passing the script script back and forth or yeah how do you kind of do that it's very much like a collaboration between the two of us and because we have that friendship where we don't have to um you know no one gets hurt feelings there's no pleasantries that need to be swapped you know we can just very much be like that doesn't work and that does work and we even though we have a similar tone and sensibility we both come at it from different angles so I think that's how the best collaborations work is you find that stuff that you're both happy with in the middle. Cause often, and that's, that's, that's writing and rewriting and finding new drafts because there will always be something like I'll come up with something that I'm like, that I love in the script and it'll, it'll, it'll bump with Jake a little. And then as we start to get into it and he'll sort of pitch around it and then eventually you fall on something where I'll go, Oh yeah, that is better. Let's do this. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I think the more you work with other people, the, you start to realize, you know, you don't fall in love with everything you've, everything you come up with and everything you do, you, you feel like you want to put it in this big pot together and then, and the cream just rises to the top, hopefully. Are there any aspects where you're more firm? Like, so I can imagine you being very open to improv and those type of things, but like, are you equally open to like how to set up shots? You just kind of have a few in your back pocket of where to land it. Like, how do you kind of balance like, I really want to do it this way, but also want to allow some freedom. How do you kind of do those two things? Yeah. I think it's important that you have like, you have a plan, basically you have the way you want to do something. And then a lot of the time, that's exactly how you do it. And it, it, and it works out that way. Um, but then I think particularly with like making stuff on a budget, um, I think you have to have some level of flexibility, flexibility. Like, you know, we would go up there and I took a trip up to that cabin and I did all the blocking, you know, I walked it with Jake and I took photos and I like took little videos and I figured out all the shots that I, that I wanted to do. But I think you have to be open to what it is like on the actual day 
on the actual time you're shooting because you can't predict exactly what it's going to be like with that actor in that wardrobe with with that prop and that where the light's coming from now and you know I, I think it's sort of foolish to, to to have a completely rigid system where you're not adaptable um, so I always keep it a little bit open and that goes back to even like you know blocking episodic tv and stuff you come in with a plan but if 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 an actor suggests something or the DP suggests something, then, you know, I'm fine to be, to, to, to re-block if there's a better idea. Have you seen the type of comedy you're attracted to? Has that changed over time or the way the audience perceives it changed? Because they make, there's less comedies made. There's more action comedies. This one's kind of a, a drama comedy, I guess you might say. Um, what's getting made today? And do you see a change from your perspective as well? Yeah, I think it's definitely a change from like the era when I grew up as a comedy fan. Even just like you think about um, who are the comedy stars now? Like when I was growing up, they were like comedy, like some of the biggest actors in the world were just purely comedy stars. Right. And then I feel like, you know, like Will Ferrell was like a, he was a comedy, he was a comedy movie star, but Adam Sandler was a comedy movie star. But then there hasn't, I don't feel like we really have that next generation of pure like, comedy movie stars anymore i mean even movie stars like it feels like it's almost just tom cruise really um so yeah it does feel like that that has definitely changed and and streaming has made comedy has kind of become like the thing that is a streaming medium a little bit more like there's less of those like you know big cinema comedy experiences as much but I'm sort of, I'm not complaining about it because I just like to make the, I just like making stuff. And, you know, I guess I err towards that drama, comedy, that grounded sort of feeling stuff. And I still feel like there's definitely an appetite in the market for it. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, even people you think of comedians are like Kevin Hart and Ryan Reynolds, and they've got like eight packs, you know, they're not like, like Jake's very much like an everyman, you know, it seems like in the type of roles he looks for. Um, did you guys have any difficulties with this besides all the parameters, obviously? What were some of the struggles you came up with, maybe with the, the story or getting the film made? Yeah, apart from, like, just the the boring, like, COVID things and stuff like that, the, the hardest thing for us was really, like, was the scale and the scope of it. We were, we set out, you know, we didn't want to make, just a boring sleepy sleepy film we wanted to like we wanted to, the, the story to have momentum and for it to you know have like good comedy performance in it but we wanted things to just um sustain and and not outstay their welcome like initially the the original idea of like me making the film and me sort of like holding the camera and just making something around jake and i think one of the first iterations was that jake was going to go up to the cabin and like build a fence I was like, I don't know how we make that interesting. <laughs> so the the biggest thing was like, yeah, was let's, we want to make something that like we would watch and that does feel like it has momentum and the story is progressing. And we're not just like living in moments that we might find funny, but don't really advance the story. Hmm. Um, can you share any details about any future projects you're working on? Um, well, Right now, I'm in, I'm in pre-production of a TV show here. I mean, Jake and I definitely want to make other films like this. Like, I loved the model, honestly. Uh, and then, 
I don't have any like specific projects that are like about to go or anything like right now. Um, but I think this model of, 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 um, of movie is something that I would love to do more of. And like, like a lot of directors, like I like to, you know, jump between that hundred people sets and having all the toys and getting to use helicopters and cranes and stuff to then going back to something like ride the Eagle where it's like, really small group of little bespoke, but such freedom and such able, such like flexibility. You're kind of giving advice to a first or early novice director about making a, a film like this. Um, where might you start? Is there part of a formula that we haven't already discussed in this interview? I mean, I think honestly, the biggest thing is just to make it like to actually, I think my advice and the, I have to say that because it's worked for me is that I've made my own things and that's, and then I've just sent them out. That's how I, that's how I got a career at all doing this as a living. Um, but I think, yeah, you want to, it's being able to like, everyone gets into this because they're fans, essentially you like what you like and you start, you, you like film or TV shows and the more you do it and you start to actually make the stuff, like I think it's important even for writers, like just get your stuff produced somehow, even if it's like your friend shooting it with a phone, just so you can start to, you know, realize that that stuff that made you a fan and what you really like, and then you make your stuff. And invariably, like the first things I made were terrible, but it's like having a, you develop that sensibility going, why is the stuff I made not as good as that stuff that I, that I really like. Um, so the more you can do that, the, the better I think, because otherwise it's a very, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough, unless you're like, and I don't, I don't consider myself a good enough writer to have ever written a masterpiece on the page that I could just send out and people would swoon over. So for me, it was always about just getting, just trying and, and making things. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at brockswinson.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.